fucking going on. This is the emergency Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you guys are listening to this for the full speed uh, docu-series for Netflix. So um, I just watched all five episodes. I've been up since 6.30 a.m. Uh, the time of recording this, watching every single episode, uh, pumped about every single thing that was in there. I think it was fantastic. Uh, first off, I want to start off the podcast by saying thank you uh, for liking, sharing, rating the podcast. And if you haven't yet, go and do such a thing. Um, and uh, like listen to the Hot Pass podcast all the time. Shout, shout out to your friends, to your cousins, your brothers, your fathers, your sisters, your your neighbor. Go tell them that the Hot Pass podcast is the new hot thing on the block. And then this is uh, the next big Hot Pass, or sorry, the best NASCAR podcast out there. So uh, go follow me at FurlongEric underscore on all social media platforms. And uh, let's dive right into things. So today is January 30th. The biggest thing for NASCAR to happen in, in a couple of years the Netflix docuseries full speed is finally out. I'm trying to get this video out for you guys. ASAP. There's me first off a lot of spoilers. I mean, but if you also watch NASCAR, you already know everything. There's obviously some insights uh, of the drivers and stuff and, and what happened with the drivers behind the scenes behind the racing um, that I'm going to get into as well. Um, but you know, spoilers, I'm trying to get this out as quick as possible. If you're a diehard, go watch it. Pause it now and go watch it and then come back and then make sure you watch this video and then follow along with me. So first off, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start wearing my NASCAR tees. I don't know if you could see it, but this, I pulled out the Quest. Um, I'll pull it up on the video. The Quest all over print NASCAR tee for such a special occasion. The Goodyear hat that my lady got me. Um, Goodyear Huff uh, collab hat. Feel very good about it. Uh, we're going to touch on like a born and raised collab that's coming out for just before the NASCAR LA Coliseum Bush Clash race as well. But we digress on that topic. We're going to get in full speed docuseries right now. So if you guys don't know where it starts. It all starts at the Daytona summer race. Whether you're going to get into the playoffs or not, um, the docuseries touches on uh, first off right away. Denny Hamlin's there. Um, they're touching on 2311, the pressure that's on Bubba Wallace. Um, Ty Gibbs is is right behind Bubba. He's out of a spot. Bubba's uh, in the 16th spot. And all Bubba's got to do is uh, is make it, right? So, uh, you know, I got my notes here, so we're just going to dive through. I, I Like, Denny Hamlin, man, I mean, it kind of kind of shows you like the lavish lifestyle he's got. So we'll start there with Denny Hamlin. It shows that he has got fucking money, and I already knew it. But there was a there was a video or whatever recently about him finally doing that bar like the golf shot that Barstool was doing, trying to do that hole in one challenge. And uh, I was like, holy fuck, his house is nice. And he's walking through, and he just did like um, on the Monday on the 29th, he recorded a video for all of his Jordan his whole Jordan collection and you're looking at his obviously being signed with Jordan for so long. He's going to have a lot of stuff, but you're like, Holy shit. So you're kind of going through well, what, you know, where Denny's at and it touches on Denny first. And I think that's uh, the way he is a family man. He fucks up cooking a pancake. Like, yo, what are we doing? You don't know how to cook a pancake fucks up the spatula. What are we doing, dude? But it, whatever. I mean, this whole thing kind of makes me feel like more of a, more of a fan for uh, of Denny Hamlin, just looking at the passion and his family and um, how much of uh, he, he just wants to win that championship. And we'll get into that later on in another episode. Um, but, you know, he's too damn good. He's too damn good, and, and uh, he, he really pisses you off. I think that's one of the things um, is, is when you're so good, people are going to fucking hate you, man. That, that, that is just known that people are going to fucking, there's going to be haters, and I'm one of them. On and off. I love him. I hate him. Whether I'm winning money on him. You know. So whatever. Uh, but he continuously fell short of the championship. They touch on that a lot. Where he, he continuously falls short of the championship. And um, that's the one trophy he hasn't won. I think he's won like what? 50 or 60 races they said in the docuseries. And uh, just that one. Just eluded him. And we'll get into that later on down in the road. Of the um, of the docuseries. So. It's going to be a bit of a longer podcast, so let's just we're just going into a depth of everything. One thing is, is 
Denny's mom. But just in the first episode, you can kind of tell with just Denny. We're going to cover William Byron in a bit and Bubba and, uh, and and so forth once we move on through the other episodes. But Denny's mom is a diehard. And we'll touch on later on about um, certain info of like how they could afford racing. Um, Denny's mom is hilarious. Like She is a diehard for Denny, anything Denny does. Um, she's critical of the things he does on the track. And I feel like that's just a mom, right? You know? Us parents, but that's definitely a mom. She's like, well, why didn't you go full throttle here? Why didn't you do this and that? And you're just like, holy fuck. Hey, ma, chill, bruh. What are we doing? Chill, ma. I'm just trying to live my life. I'm a millionaire. I'm signed by Michael Jordan. I own a fucking race team. Chill. But moms are going to be moms, man. Um, so one thing I've, I could pull away from this um, is you kind of, first episode, you're kind of growing a little bit of a taste for, um, you know, for Denny Hamlin, his team, um, Bubba Wallace trying to make the playoffs, and uh, we saw all how that went. Um, I did a little bit of terrible notes on the first episode, but I do think that it touches base on a lot of the the main aspects of what Denny Hamlin in 2311 creating it and uh, and touching on his uh, who who drives for him right now. William Byron, they touch on him now. I kind of already knew this, but if you guys don't know this, William Byron drives for Hendrick Motorsports, and you can see it in there um, that he's just a laid-back guy. Kind of just, he said he's kind of quiet. You can tell at the track or, like, if you guys watch any of his social media. He's not very active on social media. I can tell you somebody's running it for him. He doesn't seem like the most outgoing person, um, but he's got fucking talent. And they touch on, I think at some point, I can't remember um, which episode it was, but how he came up through iRacing. And if you guys don't know iRacing... They touch on it in the in the um, full speed docu series as well, um, but like i racing is just like playing video games. You got the steering wheel, the Logitech steering wheel, and fucking uh, pedals, and you're they go to the track. i racing goes to the track. They scan the track, all the bumps, all the nooks and crannies. It's exactly the same as like if you were in a car. And he came up through that, so um, good for William Byron. And he just and he's dating Ryan Blaney's sister. You see and. One thing I could tell is like uh, also with Denny Hamlin is like, well, Denny Hamlin's a little different because there's a lot of stuff going on with his ex in the past, Um, but they're all very family oriented. Um, I've touched on that uh, before Um, and they love their, their, their women. They've got the beautiful women and that's just always been a thing in NASCAR. And we, you guys see that uh, William Byron's uh, girlfriend is Ryan Blaney's sister. And you'll see that throughout the year that it or throughout the series that it just progressively people ask more and more about that when they get closer to uh, throughout the playoffs. Right. And getting closer to the championship for. So William Byron seems like a great guy, just very quiet, maybe a little awkward, um, but he's obviously coming out of his shell. The more he wins races, gets a little bit more confidence. And uh, I, I'm nothing but happy for the man. So that first episode was great. Got me locked in. Um, I think they did a really good job with the trailers leading up to it obviously the first episode i was a little on the edge of how this is going to go um i feel like i'll give my opinion at the very end of it but it felt like a little almost a little rushed at times um but maybe that's just remember that's just my opinion right so episode two um i just want to go into here episode two right away they ask if uh christopher bell uh, if he's ever, uh, Oh, Bubba Wallace. Oh yeah. Right. Bubba Wallace goes, uh, they're like doing media day for the playoffs. Right. So that, that was the biggest thing I want to touch on the first episode is that, uh, Bubba Wallace makes the playoffs, right? That's huge. It's huge. Michael Jordan, the relationship Bubba Wallace and Michael Jordan have is hilarious. That whole thing where they're dabbing each other up and, and the, the, the amount you see Michael Jordan in this docuseries just being at the race, asking questions. I like that. And I'm pretty sure in episode two, um, uh, that Michael Jordan asked questions to Booty Baker and all that stuff about um, is it important with tires and this and that. He's really dialed in. So let's just jump into episode two. Yeah. So like they're at Media Day and Bubba Walt, like they're fucking doing the like little stupid fucking like games and stuff or whatever. For I think it's a little cringy. Um, if you see it on the social media and stuff, I think it's really cringy the, the little games they have to play. But uh, Bubba Wallace fucking asks. Uh, Christopher Bell, have you ever uh, played beer pong? And Bubba goes, or Christopher Bell goes, no, I haven't. And he goes, what, like, have you even drinking a beer, drinking a beer? And he goes, yeah, drink it. 
And it's just like, man, how can you hate the guy? He's got a good sense of humor. It's just like, well, have you never played beer pong? Like, have you truly have you ever drank a beer? Because everybody that's ever drank a beer has played beer pong one time, other than Christopher Bell. What the fuck are we doing? Somebody at Talladega, get the man to fucking play a thing of beer pong one time. He has no kids. What are we doing? I know Christopher Bell. He seems like a very quiet guy. You'll see it in there or whatever, but very low key, man. Um, but you can tell that Bubba is just a fun, friendly dude. So like, I hope, I mean, there's still going to be people absolutely ripping on Bubba for literally no reason, but you can tell in this, he's a competitor. He wants to win. Um, he, but he's with his friends. He's just a genuine, genuine, nice guy. And you see later on with him and Ryan Blaney, they hug and like Bubba, like truly loves him. Like their best fucking friends. Like you hug your best friend with something. They're either going through something rough or they uh, overcome something. Bubba's there and he's like a, 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 just a total G like the nicest fucking dude. Um, but then they go into Joey Logano. Now you already know. I don't like Joey Logano. He's all friendly, smiley, you know. And then they talk about how he's a different person on the track. And I go, yeah, dude. You seen at Pocono, uh, if you guys don't, got, got to go look it up at Pocono, the way he was swearing and shit at the uh, fucking tow truck drivers. He had all four flats and he was just losing his fucking marbles. That is not the Christian Joey Logano we all know that's on social media and all smiley and happy-go-lucky. They touch on that he is a two-faced son of a bitch basically is what they're saying um and uh he's a whole different person he's a very aggressive driver family oriented man but he's just been a winner since he was a kid and he wants to win 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 um you can kind of tell on him that he's probably had a silver this is see, i'm see now i <laughs> see now i'm getting carried away i was about to say that it's like he's got a silver spoon in his mouth this whole fucking life probably has not like we're denny hamlin like his parents will touch on it later but i'll just spoil it they're the they refinanced their fucking house to be able to afford to him to drive. Sold his old, old his dad's old cars and everything for them to afford to drive. Uh, but Joey Logano, I didn't hear anything about that. No hardships there. The only thing he's ever had to deal with is fucking spinning his car, or getting crashed, or running people over. So, you know, that's the toughest thing he's ever had to do. But he's a two-faced son of a bitch. And then that's just... How I don't, uh, how I like Joey Logano is just fucking keep him in the rear. Last year was great because we never had to talk about him because uh, he's a piece of eh, piece of shit. Um. Also, in episode two, they kind of go into more depth. Um, they go to Joe Gibbs Racing. You see, um, the pit crews working right because they've had issues. Uh, twenty three eleven had a lot of issues with their pit crews, and they get. Um, their crew draw or their, um, crew guys or whatever the pit crew guys from Joe Gibbs racing. Um, and then Denny Hamlin's had some issues on pit road as well. So they take you to Joe Gibbs, uh, racing headquarters, um, where they do all the, the pit crew, um, uh, fucking pit crew training and just the, like, if you guys didn't hear it, I think it was in the first episode or whatever. They talk about how a lot of these guys are ex-NFL players or the guys that just barely made it. They're all fucking huge athletes to be able to crank that fucking car up, get those tires off, being accurate, just repercussions or sorry, repetition, not repercussions. Yeah. There's going to be some repercussions if you don't fucking, uh, if you don't get the fucking tire off or the jack falls or you don't get the jack up. Ooh boy. There's going to be some repercussions, but it's repetition, 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 continuously working on being the best, the most accurate. And uh, I think Ty Gibbs, part of Joe Gibbs racing number 54 car, the son of Joe Gibbs or the grandson of Joe Gibbs. Um, he, uh, he had the fastest fucking crew of the year. And then when they switched, there was a whole fucking ordeal with him and Christopher Bell's team, just not being as good. Like, so tight when Christopher Bell got to the playoffs, Christopher Bell was having pit issues. So then they took Ty Gibbs best overall fucking team that won the, uh, the pit crew challenge at the all-star race and swapped them and still had issues. So, um, it's big that these guys do a lot of repetition, nail it every time, and you see that that these guys take it fucking seriously. That's one thing I'm happy that they show, because uh, the pit the pit stalls or the pit stops at in F1 are like lift up. There's fucking people on all four tires. Boop, go. This is fucking. You've got what two guys? Or you got two guys on each tire or whatever, and then the jack man, and then that that that's it. It's just fucking go. 
So it, there's a lot of work to be done, the tear-offs. And then you see at some point too as well that Danny Hamlin gets, um, what was it, the when they're in the Lady in Black or whatever in the episode two um, at Darlington. Um, they talk about, uh, well, Denny Hamlin's leading a lot of the laps and it comes where he's fucking over his one pit crew members over the wall too soon. Right. And you're sitting there like it's minuscule of time, minuscule of time. I think it was episode one. They talked about as well. Like point one of a second is like the thinnest of margin. It's like the size of a credit card. Everything's got to be so accurate time properly. And we've seen it so many times last year and, and years and years and years that it comes down when there's a late caution, it's that late pit stop, definitely at high, um, you know, high wear tracks such as Darlington, that it's going to come down to that pit because even if they're out there for 10, 15 laps, they got to come down for tires, man, because it wears down those tires so much. So it comes down to just a bunch of repetition. And I love that they showed that. I wish they showed it more um, because the pit crews are very, very, very important. Um, and just seeing like, um, the breakdown of the race at Darlington and, you know, Kyle Larson ends up winning, but, um, riding the fucking wall, man. Like I want to go to Darlington so bad. Just just, if you guys haven't watched Darlington, go online, watch them rip that wall. Um, they do it sometimes at the Coke 600, they get pretty close, but at Darlington, like, like those are probably got to be one of the highest pay or, uh, um, highest gross income for uh, whoever wins that race, the, the race winning diecast because the the marks up the side and everything, you know, the kiss of the of the Darlington stripe, right? They touch on that and uh, they didn't really go into how that track looks, right? Like supposedly, I think how it was is I heard this year that um, so they had the land for the track, but there was a guy I think on the one end of the track. It also used to be a race different where turn one and turn two. Um, what used to be turn three and turn four, but there was a guy that didn't want to sell his land off the track. Okay. Supposedly this is as far as I can remember, he didn't want to sell his land. So they had to make the track kind of like a, like a weird shape. So turn ones and two, turn one and two is the different uh, elevation, different entrance than three and four, because there was a guy outside the track that didn't want, like when they were trying to build it, didn't want to sell his land. So it's a very, very interesting track. And I wish they would have went into that a little bit more, more description of the track, the grade, the tire wear, um, but just the domination of Denny Hamlin, then having pit issues, um, Tyler Reddick running them down. I wish they went a little bit more, showed the color of that UNC blue. So close to winning. And Kyle Larson, a god. You know how much, if you've been listening to the podcast, how much of a fan I am for Kyle Larson wins the Southern 500. Unbelievable. Um, and you know, throughout the race, they show Bubba clips, Joey Logano at the end of the first stage. Um, you know, and, and that kind of, it didn't really fuck up Bubba, but really fucked up Joey Logano. I think Joey Logano was out of the race. So amen, brother Bubba taking out people, you know, and then throughout the, the rest of that, like a lot of that episode or whatever, as well as like, they're showing like William Byron, He's like wearing those glasses. He's got the, like the, you know, and he's doing some weightlifting and stuff. And I just wish I saw a little bit more of a Jack guy, but a lot of these drivers are pretty fucking small. So, and you can't be really carrying a lot of weight. So I wish I just saw an absolute jocked like William Byron or jocked Ross Chastain or like jocked uh, Chase Elliott or something like that. That would have been great. But, um, and then they go into uh, Tyler Reddick, right? They start touching on, one of my favorite drivers, Tyler Reddick. God bless you, the 45 till we die. The fucking, the coolest paint schemes out there. The Jordan paint schemes. I wish Bubba got Jordan paint schemes like that because they are fucking fire. But we'll we'll digress on that. But Tyler Reddick, they start touching on him and his family. And I know that like, I've met Tyler Reddick at Talladega. Very family-oriented man. Likes to have a couple pints with the boys. Nothing wrong with that. And his lady's very sweet. His son, Bo, is very kind. Um, and... Uh, the fact that they touch on, I never knew this. This is a very interesting fact that I think is very, very hilarious that the fact that they, uh, um, it was based on if who gets to choose the name of their son. Cause she was pregnant at the time, um, when he was going to win the Xfinity series championship or he's going, he went, they were, when they used to drive at Homestead, um, he was, uh, doing the Xfinity series championship race and he ends up winning and gets to choose the name. And if he lost, his wife got to choose the name. So I was like, that is some dire ass shit right there. But never a doubt. Tyler Reddick comes and wins a goddamn race. So 
listen to the podcast in the future of the championship fucking four that I think Tyler Reddick's going to be there and he's going to win a championship in the cup series. So have another kid, choose a name, call it fucking champ four or cup champ. As, as you're going to call your kid cup champ 2024. Um, and then they go into the fucking Kansas dude. And I specifically remember this race. There's going to be some dogs barking in a second here. The ladies home, but they go to Kansas and I just remember uh, vividly because I had money on Bubba and Tyler Reddick and, you know, in the end of it, Tyler Reddick ends up winning, right? Um, but fucking Bubba, man, Bubba fucking had the fastest car. For some reason, if you guys haven't, know, if you guys don't know this, since the next gen car came out, um, every race has been won by the 2311 team. Kurt Busch, um, Bubba Wallace, now Tyler Reddick, and then Bubba Wallace very well could have won that fucking race as well. Um, so I'm sitting there like, man, that fucking thing. As far as I can remember, I'm pretty sure all of them have been won by Kurt Busch and 2311, but that's off the top of my head. But Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick were the dominant cars. I truly think that Bubba had the best car, blows a tire. I remember watching that, messaging my friends, going, you got to be fucking shitting me, dude. And that really set him back. I really set him back, but he ends up making it out of that championship, uh, that championship or into the championship 12. I thought that was great coming through that diversity and we move into, and then, you know, Tyler Reddick ends up winning the race. Absolute dog fucking animal. Um, the dogs are fucking losing their minds. So don't, don't mind this right now. All right. So anyways, um, yeah. Then they go to Bristol. Now it's dire situation. Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, you know, Michael McDowell, um, and Ricky Stenos, they're all battling, right, to keep alive. And I think Bubba Wallace is outside of that that point threshold, and uh, Joey Logano has issues, gets Corey LaJoy fucking up into him and crashes. And I'm screaming, God bless, brother. So they end up, uh, Bubba Wallace ends up making it, but while that's going on, we get a, a clip of MJ Asking about tire wear. Asking Booty Baker, Bubba Wallace's crew chief, about the the tire wear, staying out, what's smart here on this track. It's because it's hard to pass. We should stay out. The tire wear doesn't really matter. I love seeing that. MJ is locked in when he's at the races. He wants to win a championship, and I, that's why I, do, I truly think they're going to be multiple-time Cup Series champions in the 2311 camp because MJ is not a fucking loser, dude. And it's different for him. It's not like you can go win 60, 70 games and in a, in a 60, 70 races in a year. You can't win all the races. And and it, it's something I feel like Michael Jordan's learning uh, um, entering this sport. I mean, he's been around it for so long and sponsoring Denny Hamlin and being a fan as a kid. But being a businessman, knowing or learning that you can't win every single race can be very frustrating for somebody that's so competitive um, but to be able to get to that point and learn all the little, uh, little steps, I think that's fantastic. Um, you know, Joey Logano's out, Bubba makes a round of 12. Amen. So then we lo- move on to episode three, which is, uh, one last push. So, um, this is a lot of like Ross Chastain, William Byron. They touch on a bunch of people. Um, Ross Chastain, the melon man. Like, that's one thing about Ross Chastain that I like, and a lot of people still don't like Ross Chastain for some reason. Uh, well, I wouldn't say for some reason. He's got a bit of a, you know, a little fire to him, but he's a blue-collar guy. What else do you want? I love I love that they make the comparison to Dale Sr. because the last guy that was so blue-collar like that that captivated people was Dale Sr., and I think that Ross Chastain has that ability to do so. Win more races. That's why I do think if you go listen to the betting show, the championship uh, odds, I took fucking Ross Chastain because I think that this year with the amount of money that's coming in for them uh, with sponsorships such as Bush Light um, and, and a bunch of other sponsorships, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but um, I think that that team and if Ross Chastain wins a championship this year and with the way he is, the blue collar man, um, he's a funny guy. I do think that if they do have a second season of this, Boom, his whole fucking, his world's going to change. So, um, shouts out Ross Chastain. I think, like, they, he goes and meets a lot of fans, talks to them. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, but it's funny when, right away when they come up with the clip 
Um, they're like, uh, so what nickname, the producer asked, like, what nicknames do drivers give you? And uh, he goes, quote, asshole, jackass, dumbass, end quote. And I'm like, yep, they were saying that a lot at the beginning of the year. But then he was quiet. Wins Nashville. Quiet. We don't talk about him. He's in the playoffs. Makes around to 12. He ends up fucking, um, went, well, I don't want to spoil it, but if you guys know in the races or whatever, um, he ends up winning the, the fucking championship race anyways. He was second the previous year, uh, in 2022, in that ch- he was in the champ four. They touch on the Hail Melon as well. Legendary move. Go check that shout out if you haven't seen that. The Hail Melon insane. The man is quietly good. And they're all underestimating him. And as same as like Denny. I'm not a big fan of Denny. We all know this already. But if you fucking are competitive and you're good and you drive your heart out, you rate he is they said he races like his fucking jobs on the line every fucking race. And that's what I love. Ross Chastain. It was nice to see a lot of the a lot of that stuff that they had going on with uh with Ross. Um it's it's unbelievable. Um Oh, also they touch on Booty Baker, so Bubba Wallace is so like um, what they so they lost at Kansas or whatever and um I think they went to Charlotte Motor Speedway or whatever it was and they ended up uh I'm just trying to remember. I didn't do like detailed, detailed notes. But anyways, Booty Baker was fucking pissed, right? Booty Baker was fucking pissed at the one race and um he ends up fucking like there he's like, you know, this microphone, all this shit you guys were like in my face and I was kinda hot. Um, he's got a little bit of a temper to him. I fucking love that man. Bubba Wallace has got a temper. Booty Baker's got a temper, but they just want to fucking win. That's what we need. Goddamn NASCAR, baby. Fuck. <laughs> I love that shit. Um, and Byron goes and wins a sixth race. What was it at Texas? Whatever, man. Took Bubba Wallace had a fucking strong card. That's what it was. Booty Baker had an attitude because of that race and didn't win. Finishes third or fourth or whatever it was. And it was because of a late fucking caution and all this bullshit. And William Byron goes and lucks it. Now the like you just see, you know, this isn't this didn't grow like didn't grow my relationship with William Byron at all. I just think he's still like a very quiet guy, and I don't really connect with him well. Maybe you do. I think that would be great for you guys, but um, it didn't really make me connect with him anyways. And then they have the touch on like they're like, oh, he's so dominant and all this stuff. I go, I've touched on it before. He's lucked into so many fucking wins. So suck my butt. All right. <laughs> um, then they go. Oh yeah. Then they dive into Ryan fucking Blaney. Ryan fucking Blaney, babe. Uh, he's riding horses. His lady's a horse. Um, uh, a horse gal. My girl's a horse gal. A little crazy. Beautiful ladies, right? You you love them. Ryan Blaney gets on that horse. You love to see it. Seems like a very nice guy. Humble guy. We all know Ryan fucking Blaney. If you're not a fan, you will be after this whole fucking thing. Ryan Blaney's the most humble, nice guy. Comes from a line of racers. You love to see it. And then it's Talladega time. And I've been to Talladega one time. We're going again this year. We'll have videos at Talladega. Um, follow me at FurlongEric underscore for all of that. And all that. Follow, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Everything for that. Um, because it's a party. They show it like they're kind of really looking to like make it. A, it is a redneck party. Let's be fucking real. It's a redneck fucking party. Um, but it's a damn good time, man. And uh, they really underplayed uh, that fucking thing. Like it, it, they can't show a lot of it because it's so fucking wild. So get down to Talladega. It is a bucket list uh, trip for everybody. That's a NASCAR fan. If you got to go down there, if you're going to be down there, message me and I'll meet up with you. It's fucking, it's a time. Um, so they go there and um, there's a lot, they show a lot of stuff. Like first off, Tyler Reddick eating a fucking whole avocado on one piece of toast, uh, one piece of bread. They didn't even show him making it into a sandwich. That's crazy shit, dude. That's crazy shit. A whole fucking avocado scooped out, put onto one slice of bread. And even if he put the other piece of bread on there, that looks like crazy shit, dude. That is crazy shit, dude. What the fuck? 
biting into a, I didn't even see salt and pepper on that. That's just biting into a juicy green mush. And you can tell I'm not a fan of avocado, but you got to at least put salt and pepper on that bitch to, to, to help it. That looked fucking insane. What are we doing? Um, and then uh, it was really cute when Reddick, his son, and his wife there, they have his wife dress up as Bowser. Um, he's dressed up as Luigi. Fucking cute as shit, dude. Cute as shit. But then my favorite part is uh, Dale, uh, Dale Jr. liked it today on X is uh dale jr and uh just regular clothes they're doing like a little trick-or-treat thing right and they but then they go sit down and they're talking talking about peppa pig and uh what was it peppa pig and fucking frozen and they're bonding over their kids being at a certain age the whole time tyler reddick's in a luigi suit a fucking luigi suit dude imagine sitting down there with like uh, your hero and you're dressed as fucking Luigi or like some crazy ass outfit. And you're just, and everybody's acting normal. I fucking love it, dude. Dale Jr. has got to be the most down to earth fucking dude. And he's just like looking past that fucking whole Luigi suit. I'm sure they addressed it before the camera was on or they edited it out. But it was hilarious just seeing them talk about Peppa Pig and Frozen. I was in fucking love with that. Um, I was... I was dying. I was just fucking dying. I was like, are we really just ignoring the fact that they're having a conversation with Dale Jr. and a fucking Luigi right now? I loved it. Anyways, they move on to Blaney. Blaney in a fucking photo finish. You know, I didn't have Kevin Harvick, but I would have loved to see Kevin Harvick win. I had Ryan fucking Blaney, baby. Anytime you go to a super speedway, Ryan fucking Blaney is an auto bet. Find that plus 1100. Find that 10 to 1, 12 to 1 sometimes, and hammer that bitch. Because him and Brad Kozlowski are gods on the super speedway. So that was not a shock. I, clutching up, I think he had to win to get into the round of eight, or the round, yeah, the round of eight, or whatever it was. Um, and that was a big clutch win, man. Big clutch win. Ross Chastain's out. I'm upset. Fucking, if they didn't show it, but Ross Chastain, or, uh, Ricky Stenhouse made a stupid move and ran out of fuel or whatever. His fuel stuttered and took out Ross, and that was very upsetting because I think Ross was just like, if he made it to the championship four, he would have won the bitch. But whatever. I digress on that topic. Um, And then they started talking about Ross's, uh, they, they go and interview Ross again and his workout routine. I love that. I love seeing a lot of these guys getting fit um, and, uh, you know, be in tip-top shape, okay? reaction time, so on and so forth. Then Ross reacts to action detrimental comments of uh, Ross or uh, Denny Hamlin saying who was going to be out of the round after the round of 12. And uh, I'll read the quote. Uh, Ross, I said, Ross reacts to Denny's comments on the podcast. You ready? Uh, Ross quote, he, uh, he's had an incredible career, but just because he has longevity, uh, he then has the ability to create a podcast to talk about everything. Uh, now I'm like paraphrasing. He uh, he copied and uh, pasted every uh, he copied and pasted everything the older guy said about him, and he's reading it off uh, off the playbook. End quote. I mean, that's the thing. Shouts out Ross. Shouts out Ross for laying it on the line and just telling people how it is. That's one thing. It's like, yeah, oh, cool, Denny. You're trying to be a badass dude. Well, you're just reading the play. Like everybody did the same thing to you. Now you're just saying the exact same shit. And that's exactly what I've been thinking. So shouts out Ross. Ross is being himself. And he says it in there. I like the position that I'm in over the fucking who's driving the 11 car. Ross was making no fucking money. He touches in that. Barely paying the bills or just enough to pay the bills when he was driving in the Xfinity series and so on. And now look at him. And he's about to be a fucking superstar, man. He's got the attitude. He's got a little loosey goose eye. There's nothing wrong with that. We love Ross. He's he's with the fucking Monster Energy girl. She's like Miss whatever state. Fucking amazing. Good for the man. He's moving up in the world. He's going to be a champ. I'm fucking telling you. So get on the fucking hype train. What the fuck are we doing, dude? Anyways, Bubba gets bumped out. I'm pissed, right? Booty Baker is... Booty Baker's attitude then really shows in that, and he's coming from motherfuckers' heads, baby. That was exactly my note. Booty Baker is coming for motherfuckers' heads. 
Because he's like, he's saying, you know, we learn. We learn from this, and we, we, we've we made some mistakes in the year, but we're coming back stronger. I'm like, God damn, booty. God damn. Tell him, mother. Tell him. 23-11. Oh, I just, I can't get over it. Everybody's a Hendrick fan. Every, like, you know, I like I like Chase Elliott. I like Ross, or um, Ross. I like Chase Elliott, and I like Kyle Larson, but those other teams, it's some competitive-ass shit. And this is what I'm excited about breaking this down for this reason is because there's a lot more coming. We can get this fit car figured out on short tracks and and, uh, and road courses. We're in a really good situation. Um, so let's touch on episode four, not in the plan. Um, <laughs> right away, producer's like, uh, yeah, you – when they mentioned all this shit or whatever about, you know, doing this and naming drivers, like you were never in the plant. And then he goes, uh, imagine that I'm telling you, and I've touched on my podcast. This motherfucker has got to get back into dirt racing. Re uh, renegotiate your contract and let yourself get back into sprint car racing because dude, this man, if he goes and let like Joe Gibbs, lets him go fucking race during the week in sprint cars. That guy's also going to be making more money going to bring more money to Joe Gibbs racing. He's going to be winning more just because he's more fresh and we're missing out on a prime time of Christopher Bell's fucking year uh, or years driving dirt and winning, being able to win championships. So I digress on that topic, but he's very underrated. They touch on this in, in, in there or whatever. He loves being the underdog, being quiet. And I had him at Homestead um, and he just barely didn't. Uh, what? No. Yeah, he did win. He did win Homestead. That was the one. It was the week before, what was it, Vegas or whatever, that he was, like, really, really close to fucking winning. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was very close to winning. Um, Shouts out C-Bell, baby. Um, but this is the first race of the round of eight was going on. Larson with the save of the century. Kissing his ass off the wall. Oh, my God. Like, I couldn't even believe that save. I was like, holy fuck, he's fucking done, dude. He's fucking done. I think I might have had money on him. I can't remember, but I was pissed. I was like, oh my God, he fucking overdrove it again. Because that's all he fucking does is overdrive his shit and cha- like crash. That's why he's terrible at super speedways. He just has no fucking patience. He just wants to make moves and, and win. There's no patience in the sun. Uh, and then he fucking ends up going to win the race anyways. So uh, we're breaking down like Seabell going on uh, through like 20 laps. Larson just wins by half a car length. And these are the races, like the mile and a half fucking tracks are beautiful, beautiful. They are the epitome of the best track in which they said before they were taking grandstands away because the old cars were, the Gen 6 car was so bad on those. And we found something in these, man. I go to Michigan. God, that is such good racing, dude. Such good racing. Such a big, interesting track. Go there, man. If you're from the South, get up here. Because I go down to the South. I make the trip. Get some dedication into yourselves, bro. Unbelievable. And then um, the one thing, I'm just reading through my notes. The one thing that makes me laugh is I'm a grass guy. Christopher Bell, big grass guy. Okay. Shouts out Christopher Bell for liking a little Kentucky blue in his grass. Not a weed there. Not a weed over there. Not a weed here. Trimmed up lines probably along the driveway. Garden beds looking beautiful. That's my kind of man right there. I did landscaping for a couple fucking years. And if I see somebody's beautiful lung, I just want to go knock on their door and shake their hand and say, God bless you. Because your fucking neighbor's got too many fucking dandelions. Too many thistles. Okay. So shouts out Christopher Bell for being a fucking grass dude. That made my fucking day. I was like, I was clapping. I was like, look at this dude. Sponsored by DeWalt. Okay, sponsored by DeWalt and loves grass. That is a fucking man right there. That is a man's man. That is a man, that is a man's man right there, dude. I'm fucking hyped on him. Um, and then they start going into Denny Hamlin, right? So they go more a little bit into Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin's parents going into the finances of uh, how do they supported Denny? Denny, they, Denny was good at something. Refinance their home. Mom's like, yeah, well, I don't recommend anybody doing that because the majority of the time it don't work out. His dad's selling his old cars like I touched on before and 
Um, and then the coolest thing, dude, the cigar that Michael Jordan rolls up in a Lamborghini, as his dad said, sign the cigar, and it said, signed it saying, break it when we win the championship. And it still hasn't happened. Not sure if it's going to happen. I feel like we're running out of time, but it's not like Denny Hamlin slid off like he's going to win. I, I already put money that he's going to win uh, at least three races this year. It's probably I've already predicted he's going to be in the championship four. So I would be so cool for the next season to see Denny Hamlin pull up with MJ after winning the championship with the cup and break in that fucking glass on that cigar, and his dad gets to finally smoke that cigar and smoke it with MJ. Wouldn't that be the coolest fucking thing? Oh, my God, man. I, like, my heart. Not, and those are the things that tug on my heartstrings. Makes me love. Oh, my God, I'm smacking the microphone. Loves, makes me love Denny just a little bit more. Is seeing something like that where his dad, you know, his health isn't the best. And uh, and he's he's been that close, man. That close. And I wish we would have known this for so long. I wish I would have known this because now I, you know, I'll be putting money on him for championship four at some point because I want to see that in the Netflix docuseries. Not because I want to see him win a championship or anything, but and then you see uh, we were talking about, um, I haven't talked about it, but during the uh, near the end of the year or whatever, or at least in the off season, Denny got his soldier, soldier shoulder surgery done. And we, we knew about that and, uh, but I never knew it was a hereditary issue where his collarbone um, grows and and into his uh, what is it what what did I say his rotator cuff that's kind of fucking nuts that's gotta hurt man like you can't move it if it's oh fuck like I can't imagine the pain and then he's driving on a weekly basis you know uh, practice and qualifying and fucking and then driving four or five hundred miles it's like. Bruh, that's nuts. Sorry for blowing in the microphone. Just nuts, though. Anyways, well, then they go to fucking Homestead. Kyle Larson, over-aggressive once again, runs in the back of Ryan Blaney, entering pit road. Fucking Ryan Blaney's get, gets a little fucked on that one. Kyle Larson's done for the day. But then your boy, Seabell. Now, I knew people online that were pissed about Seabell fucking winning the race. Because they're like, he wasn't even a good car, man. He wasn't even a good car. He's like a 20th place car, man. And I go, yeah, that's also because you had money on Kyle Larson. And they were like, oh, that doesn't um, that doesn't affect what I'm saying. I go, yeah, it does. Yeah, I have money on Christopher Bell. I'm a happy man. I can admit that he maybe wasn't the best car, but at the end of the race, drove past people to win the fucking race. That means he had the best car on the track at that time. They all went down to pit road. They all could make adjustments, and they made the right adjustments, and Christopher Bell won the race. So cry me a fucking river because you lost your fucking money. Suck my pee-pee. Christopher Bell with the clutch-up win to get in uh, to the championship four. I think that was what it was for, right? Yes. So, anyways, unbelievable. But then you see the speed of Ryan Blaney, right? Speed of Ryan Blaney showing up. He wins at Daga. He's got a little momentum. I believe in momentum. He was speedy at fucking Homestead. And then right then and there, I think it was like the week prior to, uh, I think it was around that time, um, I took a championship odd bet. I was like plus 1,200 on Ryan Blaney. And then we go to Martinsville. Martinsville, final race, Blaney. uh, Blaney. Fucking Blaney, dude. Fucking Blaney. That's his name now. Fucking Blaney. So fucking Blenny was driving in the 12 car today there, bud. Okay. Sounded so fucking Canadian. Um, so Blaney's plus 10. Hamlin's, uh, you know, 10 below the cut line. Unbelievable. Uh, and then Blaney takes the uh, takes Denny on the outside. Now, I've been watching Martinsville for a long time. And I had money on Blaney to win that race as well. And I'm sitting there watching going, he just took him on the outside. This motherfucker, doesn't matter if there's a caution or a wreck. The only thing that could take him out was a wreck. But if there's a caution or an issue, that's the only way that's stopping this fucking man uh, from losing this race. Because there's no way, once he's in first, he's running away with this race. If you can pass somebody on the outside line, holy shit, I thought he was cheating. I thought he was cheating. But he wasn't. And you already know, goals and wins, Denny, 
This guy will basically win. William Byron has a hell of a race. I remember they were talking about it the whole broadcast. William Byron's having a tough time. His helmet, uh, the fan or whatever in there isn't working. He's cooking. That's one people. The one thing people don't think about is um, those short tracks, like how hot it is on those days. And it was like September or October. Or I think it was October, right? Uh, end of October, and it was hot as fuck in Martinsville, Virginia. Usually it's a little chillier. They have a little, maybe a little bit of rain, but it was hot as a motherfucker. And I, props to William Byron. Maybe had a little bit of respect for the man. It's not like I don't, but uh, just the absolute power that man went through be able to power through get those uh, he i think he finished with like plus three above denny he said he almost passed out it, it was it was pretty wild the i wish they would have showed what they do to get their fluids back in um to be able to gain weight because they i wish they would have touched on that they a lot of the drivers lose about like i think some of them said like 15 to 20 pounds a race so i wish they would have showed that of like the recovery of the drivers i think that would have been great um, but yeah, and then Denny gets knocked out and just not close. And then they just made you tug on your heartstrings because you want him to crack that cigar, baby. Denny Hamlin, let's get that championship. Just crack the cigar. And then I want to see you fucking off the face of the earth. <laughs> oh, because I love 2311. So not off the face of the earth. That's rude. Um, but then we go. Blaney wins the fucking race. Every big fucking love. But now it's even harder to go back to back, right? It's harder to go back to back. It just doesn't happen very often unless you're Chris Buescher. Um, But then we go into episode five. Across the line. We got media day. They're joking. And I love that the, the a lot of these guys have like all right relationships with each other unless you're Denny Hamlin. Um, but the majority of the guys have a pretty good relationship. They're sitting there talking to the fans, um, talking, doing like championship four stuff. And they're like joking with each other. I love that. Just shows that, you know, they are competitive on the track, but they also can be cordial outside the track and just get along with each other. Um, you know, during the race, just unbelievable battles. And then that was the only thing that really kind of makes me upset about uh, how good the final race was for the most part um, is that now we're going to have to keep going back to Phoenix. We saw how good the race at Homestead was. Let's go back to Homestead. Please, for the love of God, go back to Homestead. And in Miami, and uh, we can have a good competitive race with these mile and a half tracks because that Phoenix is not a good race. Um, it was okay. They really did a good job of showing the battles that were actually going on. The fact that Ross Chastain wouldn't give up a spot for first place. And he's like, at the end, if they didn't even show it, like Ross is like, I fucking, I wanted to win that fucking race, man. This is my life too. And that's how he ended the fucking year was Ross Chastain winning that fucking race. They barely touched on it because Ryan Blaney, you know, winning the championship, it's a big thing to cover. But Ross Chastain won that fucking race. And look out for the man early on this year. I think he's going to come and win one of these mile-and-a-half races. But last year, he was very fast in the first half of the year. And it was dominating or just being running up front with all the Hendrick guys, all the Joe Gibbs guys. So pay attention to that. But the biggest story is Ryan Blaney winning that championship, coming from a line of racers. Um, his dad saying, I wish my dad could have been here to see it. Um, and you know, his dad wasn't, he was a good racer, but he wasn't great. Right. Um, didn't win a lot of races in the cup series and, and it was kind of just riding around in the back for a lot of the years. And as far as I can remember, um, you can guys can correct me in the comments, um, uh, or in my DMS, but I'm pretty sure he didn't run the best. Right. So to see his son that had all this chance, like he knew that he could be a champ is just a beautiful scene. Uh, you, you love to see it. So Congrats to Ryan Blaney. It was a heartfelt moment. I cashed a fucking bag. And uh, it was a great way to end the year. And then all of a sudden, at the very end of the fucking whole thing, the end of episode five, they bring in My Chemical Romance, Black Parade, beautiful song, coming over the fucking the field outside of the Phoenix Raceway, looking out onto the track. And then, and I was a young boy, a father. Took me into the city. I'm going to stop singing. To see how much in band. Are you serious, dude? Fucking best song. That's one way. Now, okay. So if you do season two, we need we got to step it up with even a better song. What gets better than that? That really tugged on my heartstrings. What are we going to use? What are we going to use? Oh, my God. Hopefully, I didn't make your ears fucking bleed. Cause that was fucking, oh, I was like, no way. All I hear is, Dum. 
dun. You're like, oh, they're using the song. Makes me so happy. So anyways, my overall thoughts of the whole thing um, was it was pretty good. I felt like it was a little bit sped up. I wish we got a couple more extra episodes. Um, I wish they could uh, touch on the whole season. Um, I feel like that, that, yes, it would cost a lot of money. But there's a lot of drivers like Chris Buescher, Martin Truex earlier on in the year and his downfall in the playoffs. There was a lot of people that we could have touched on there. The Ross, uh, the Chase Elliott stories, um, Alex Bowman getting hurt. Like there was a lot of storylines. I wish we could have done the whole thing. I understand that it is like, this is almost like a pilot, right? Just see. So I hope that we don't just get just playoffs next year. I hope that we get it like a lot more of the season. I would touch on more of those drivers. Um, but overall, I think it was great. I Hopefully you guys have watched it. If you haven't, make sure you go watch this. Hopefully I didn't spoil too much. It's definitely worth a watch a couple times, man. It's five episodes. I think they're about 40 to 50 minutes each. Um, and it, it, it's definitely a great watch. If you're an F1 fan, go watch it. If you like Drive to Survive, go watch it. Um, and I hopefully you guys like it. And let me know how you guys like it. I know a lot of friends that are F1 fans or just fans of other uh, styles of driving or any kind of, or not even driving at all that are very excited to go home after work today, uh, the day of the recording and go and watch it and binge watch it. Um, I think this is a big thing for NASCAR. Um, DM me if you like it at furlong Eric underscore. Don't forget to like share, subscribe to the podcast. The hot pass podcast is available every Monday morning, every Friday morning for your betting show. And, uh, this Friday we've got, um, some butch clash odds that I'm going to go into. It's not, it's going to be a short episode, but make sure you guys have your notifications set on, click that bell, um, uh, on Spotify, you know, hit that notification button. Um, and, uh, yeah, keep listening to the hot pass podcast. We got listeners in Singapore, Australia, Finland, Brussels. So we're, we're going worldwide. We're like track house, Mr. Worldwide. And I'll keep saying that. Hope you guys have a great day. Um, and uh, enjoy the full speed docuseries. I'm very excited that it's out, and uh, let's have a good one, boys. Talk to you later. See you.